Hello, and thanks for listening to the Geek to English podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SiteGround. SiteGround is known for its quality web hosting services. Learn more about them at SiteGround.com. Welcome to the Geek to English podcast. Each week on the Geek to English podcast, we are going to discuss a different technical topic in plain old English. No unexplained technical terms, no insider jargon, no developer speak. We take the technical and make it easy to understand. We translate geek to English. So, you've got yourself a website. You've spun up WordPress, installed a few plugins, and you've actually sold something. Welcome to the World Wide Web. Now, here's the thing that nobody tells you. Installing the software, that's the easy part. Now that it's out there and people know about it, there will be those who want to break into it. They want to steal your users' data and sell it. Maybe they just want to wreak a little havoc because they're bored. Whatever the reason, your site is never 100% safe. You will have to be constantly monitoring it, checking for problems, patching software, and generally doing things that you don't really want to do just so that your site stays up and running. Then there are those pesky users. If you've built something cool, they are constantly using it and telling their friends about it who also want to join and they want to use it. Pretty soon your little website can't handle the load and you've got to start thinking about upgrades. Users are also responsible for the number one time sink of developers, new features. Sure, what you've got right now is cool, but you know what would make it even cooler? If it did X. It doesn't matter what X is, it's a new feature request. And if you want to keep your existing users, you've got to figure out how to make that happen. Then there's all that routine maintenance that needs to happen with a website. Backups, security audits, performance audits, updates, you know, WordPress plugins, themes, and all of that that make things work. Oh, and what happens if something actually goes wrong? Are you going to fix it? What happens if one of the plugin updates conflicts with another plugin? Do you know how to fix it? If not, do you know someone who does that you can call on any time, day or night, to fix your problem? I know, I know. I've painted a pretty bleak picture here. With so much that can go wrong, why would anyone set up shop on the web? My point is that you as a site owner, especially if you're a non-technical site owner, need someone in your corner. Someone who knows what they're doing and you can rely on when things go wrong. That someone is usually a developer that you have a maintenance contract with. So, pull up a chair, pour you a glass of your favorite beverage, and let's talk a little bit about maintenance contracts. SiteGround has been providing web hosting solutions for 15 years and has become known for its fast platform, top-notch security, and exceptional customer service. If you've been sitting on a great idea for a personal site, a blog, or an online shop, SiteGround will help you get it started smoothly. If you're a professional building and managing multiple client sites, SiteGround offers a powerful set of tools for collaboration and easy management that will save you work and yet give you plenty of control. Enjoy essential must-haves included for free in all of their plans, like Let's Encrypt SSL, email accounts, CDN, automated daily backups, and so much more. Check them out today at SiteGround.com. First things first, let me define what I mean when I say a maintenance contract. 
A maintenance contract is an agreement with a company or a developer to help you maintain your website. Now, it can be as simple as, make sure my website stays up to date. Or it can be complex enough to cover software, security, SEO, and even content. The bottom line, though, is that it is your way, as a non-technical site owner, of making sure that the things that are important to you are looked after by someone who is knowledgeable. If you have anything more than a personal blog or a simple web brochure for your site, you've probably hired a designer or a developer to, to help you get the site up and operating. If your site's been around for a while, you've probably had two or three developers work on it, each of them doing whatever you hired them to do, but none of them responsible for anything other than the code they created. Now, if you do this long enough, you're going to end up with an unmanageable patchwork of code and plugins that no one understands, let alone takes responsibility for. At this point, most site owners may start to sweat a little. Now, in enterprise software, a maintenance contract gives us the concept of one throat to choke. Because when you have a properly drawn up maintenance contract, one entity is the only one responsible. It doesn't matter what the technical question is. It doesn't matter if it's a problem with your web host, a third-party SaaS, or whatever. The other party in your maintenance contract is now responsible for figuring it out and working with whomever to get it resolved. Now, I'm oversimplifying here. Maintenance contracts come in all shapes and sizes and price ranges. Just because you sign a $15 a month maintenance contract, that doesn't mean that all your worries are over. You need to pick one that is right for your situation, and that requires you to negotiate a little. And I know, there's a lot of people that hate that word. The first thing you need to do when you decide you want a maintenance contract is to decide just what it will cover. Is it just going to cover break-fix? Something goes wrong, somebody fixes it. Is it also going to have some built-in design or built-in development? Does it cover backups? Does it cover security of your website if something goes wrong or your site gets hacked? Does it cover audits of your website, whether that is code audits or content audits? Does your maintenance contract cover SEO? You name it, you can get a contract that covers it. But you've probably guessed the more that you add on, the more that it's going to cost you each month. So sit down and decide what is mission critical that you need covered. These are usually the hard things. You want to make sure that you have coverage for all the things that you can't do yourself. On-call break fix, security audits, consultations on new plugins or themes. Next, if you've still got a little room in the budget, you might want to add a few things that you would like coverage. Things like design work on a monthly basis, or a monthly SEO analysis, or performance improvements. These are the things that you could do, but you'll make more money by farming them out to an expert so that you can spend time on the important stuff the business you were in, the reason you have a website to begin with. Finally, you need to decide what your acceptable level of risk is. If you can count your website's downtime in dollars per minute, then you need to specify a service level agreement, or SLA, that specifies that whoever is holding the contract responds quickly, 24-7. If, on the other hand, your site can go down for a few hours and not cause you a lot of trouble, you can be more lax with the SLA. No matter what your level of tolerance is, though, you need your maintenance agreement to spell it out. How fast is your developer required to respond? 
Without that, it will eventually devolve into a, when they get around to it. Now that you know what you have to have and what is nice to have, now it's time to start shopping. If you have a developer working in your site, start there. Since they already know your site, they're a real good candidate. If you like them and trust them, ask them if they're interested in a contract. Most will say yes, although some won't. If they won't, you need to understand that whomever takes over the contract will most likely want to be your developer as well or bring on their own developer. So let your existing developer know that they will be phased out. Don't tie the hands of the developer who is going to be doing your maintenance by making them maintain somebody else's code. This won't work well for anyone. Now, what do maintenance contracts cost? Well, how much your maintenance contract costs depends on several things. The size of your site. Now, this can be measured in code or content or number of users. The response time that you're requiring in your SLA. This is very important. The faster you're requiring people to respond, the more expensive the contract's going to be. And the functions that you want this contract to cover, whether it's just simple break fix or whether you want audits in there and routine maintenance. Yes, there are maintenance contracts you can get for $15 a month. However, you have to ask yourself, how much is my website really worth? For a personal blog and you just want some peace of mind, sure, $15 a month is fine. However, again, if you can measure downtime in dollars per minute, your maintenance contract is going to cost you significantly more. Now, there is no standard and no rule of thumb about how much each should cost. Each site is different, therefore each maintenance contract is going to be different. My advice to you is start with your existing developer or development shop, but then get at least two other quotes. This is where having exactly what you want in the contract beforehand comes in handy. You can tell everyone exactly what you want and they can all quote on the exact same thing. Now, failing to do this is going to mean that your maintenance contracts are going to be all over place and impossible to compare because each of them contains different things. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The number one thing every site owner needs is a solid hosting partner that they trust. Now, for me, that partner is SiteGround. Some of what people pay for in maintenance contracts can be mitigated just by having a good partner. Get that problem solved before you start worrying about your maintenance contract. Now you know what a maintenance contract is. You should have a good idea of what goes into one. The next step is to start outlining what you want covered and determining what your acceptable level of risk is. Don't wait until something bad happens before you set one up. Go ahead, sign one now. Get it in place so that when something does happen, you're covered. Hey, thanks for listening to the Geek to English podcast. Do me a favor. If you like this episode, find us on your favorite podcasting network and leave us a rating. If there's something we can do better, or if there's a topic you'd love us to cover, drop me an email at cal at geek, the number two, englishpodcast.com.